This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. This is not the sound of a stream running through the mountains. It's water from a leaking pipe trickling down a stairway. That's not a frog splashing into a lake. It's a piece of sheetrock falling into a puddle on a kitchen floor. And that's not a hiker taking a deep breath of mountain air. It's a homeowner gasping at the sight of a $12,000 water damage repair bill. 40% of homeowners have experienced water damage. Protect your home with the Moen Smart Water Monitor and Shutoff. Moen. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello there, welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Tom Marvin, one of the tech editors at Bike Radar, and with me over the power of Zoom, or Microsoft Teams as it is today actually, uh, we've got Alex Evans for his podcast debut. Hey guys, I'm the technical editor at Bike Radar, and this is my first podcast. Excellent. So we're excited to have Alex here. And we've got one of our stalwarts, Rob Spedding, who is content director across Bike Radar, Cycling Plus and MBK magazine. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. (laughs) Excellent. Okay. well, um, in light of uh, the UK government's pledge to give an extra two billion pounds of funding to walking and cycling, um, there's going to be a bit more, hopefully, a bit more cycle commuting going on into the future. And um, obviously, with the coronavirus, people don't want to get on packed buses and trains to get to work. So we're kind of hoping that people are going to be jumping on their bikes a little bit more. So we thought with many decades of uh, commuting experience between us. So I'll, you, you've got a Marin Gestalt, which um, that's you kind of built that specifically for, for commuting on. I know you've got like a fairly long commute every day into, into Bristol when we're not working from home, obviously. So what was it about the Gestalt exactly that made you want to pick it um, for a commuter bike? Yeah, so the frame's got... It's, it's a really good, it's a, it's a gravel bike frame, so it's got you know slightly more relaxed geometry. It's really comfortable to ride. It can be adapted to have a fairly upright riding position, and it's got pannier rack mounts and mudguard mounts and loads of bottle cage bosses on it. So you can whack your tools, your bottle, all the kind of things that you want to carry with you on a commute. Other bikes, though, you know, like mountain bikes or even road bikes. Um, or even e-bikes, which I know our content director, Rob Spedding, uses to commute to work, are also viable options. Isn't that right, Rob? Yeah, I mean, I, 
yeah, we're really lucky. Let's be honest. We're really lucky in our jobs. We get to ride lots of bikes we uh, and from all kinds of different different types of bikes and at different prices if i wanted i guess i could commute to work a uh, humble brag on a ten thousand uh, pound carbon fiber superbike. i don't want to do that i i'm actually inherently quite lazy and my commute is my commute's um 15 miles it's actually pretty flat but i've currently got a canyon road light on which is a flat bar road bike um what you'd call a hybrid you can get it without power this one's got a, an e-bike motor uh, it's got an e, it's an e-bike it's got a fazua motor which uh, is a big battery that goes into the um the down tube and it, it powers the bike through the bottom bracket basically through the pedals and i really wanted to try one of those out for commuting because i think that's something that puts people off about commuting is that actually there's quite a lot of if particularly if you've got a longish commute it's quite a lot of effort to get to work and you're mm. going to maybe get to work sweating and sort of um and glistening and a lot of people don't like the idea of that and actually an e-bike i'm sort of experimenting with it at the moment i'm not because we are still in lockdown and we're all working from home um but the, the sort of experiment there was to see if it actually makes my commute easier and makes me more likely to ride to work which is really important because despite being a cyclist and a sporty person there are days when i really don't want to ride to work do you think it has um, made you ride to you know ride to work a little bit more than you might have done otherwise? Do you think it? Do you think it's doing that? It it was doing that, um, but I kind of I'd only really yeah. just got it just before lockdown here in the UK. I also had a couple of incidents where getting used to the the system. There are lots of different e bike systems. I, I did sort of have moment, moments where through user error i didn't actually have any power so i rode 30 miles on a bike with the battery not actually giving me anything but it, it was still <laughs> a very a mighty fine bike despite that um but yeah i think it, you know and, and really now um looking at when things change and, and our office eventually reopens riding to work is going to be something I'm, I'm i really want to do a lot more of and having the option of perhaps of an e-bike again like we say we are quite lucky we can have you know i've got my own bikes they're actually pretty cheap sort of alloy bikes one's a road bike one's a mountain bike having the option to either use those or perhaps jump on my test e-bike will encourage me to to ride to work uh, and of course being realistic i know that's not a position most people are in most people will have a choice of one bike which i think is why uh you know, picking the one that you really want to use is is useful and i think it's important to probably pick if you've got one bike is pick one that uh you want to use in the week but you might want to use it the weekend as well i think that's fair i mean i again like you i do have access to a number of bikes and i have been playing around with um an e-hybrid very like sit up and beg sort of bike just for getting around town but most of my sort of commuting years since i was eight pretty much has always been on basically on a mountain bike like a hardtail um and which i've just sort of as and when needed swapped a few little components here and there so things like putting a crud catcher mudguard on a on a mountain bike okay they, it looks a little bit naff i guess especially the rear one but um definitely makes sort of commuting that a little bit more comfortable and then changing tires so instead of running like a proper knobbly mountain bike tire you can get like a a fairly decent slick tire for like 20 quid which you know if you put one on the front one on the back it makes like a massive difference and then all of a sudden you know your mountain bike that you might want to use at the weekend still for proper mountain biking you know in inverted commons becomes actually a, a pretty good bike for getting to and from work as long as it's not like a super long ride i'm talking you know a couple of miles very easy to sort of convert your normal bike to something that's going to be a bit more adaptable i guess 
I think it's worth remembering as well that a lot of people who commute don't actually have super long commutes. So it is that kind of idea of, uh, I mean, a lot of people do have super long commutes, but a, a lot of journeys, well, let's not just talk about commuting, are under a mile, under a couple of miles. So having a bike that you can ride to work occasionally perhaps, but also use for other journeys is really important. And a mountain bike is absolutely fine for that, knobbly tyres or not. Yeah. I mean, if we assume that, you know, you've got yourself a bike sorted out, you're pretty happy with with what you're going to do. Should we sort of have a talk about a few of the things that it might be worth sort of getting hold of just to make your life that little bit more um, more comfortable? I mean, the, the obvious one to me is obviously mudguards. I mean, we live in the UK where it rains 350 days of the year um, and cycling to and from work is pretty miserable when it's wet. I mean, you've got to go to work for starters, which is bad enough. Uh, but if it's raining, you're getting spray everywhere. It's pretty grim, and mudguards do actually do a, a really good job. But in, I, I guess in my experience, you know, those ones that you sort of zip tie onto your down tube are pretty rubbish, but the full-wheel ones, would you agree, Al, are sort of the better way to go? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you might look like something out of a Mary Poppins scene, but, you know, the, the, the mudguards, as, as uncool as they can be in inverted commas, they do a really good job of keeping your bum dry, your legs dry, you know, your body kind of clean because off the tires you get the spray but you also get all the mud and all the horrible stuff so if you can keep that you know kind of closer to your wheels less on your body you're going to get to work or home after a day at work in a much better mood um absolutely and uh, on your um on your e-bike rob i'm sure it's got mud guys but lighting wise obviously having lights on the bike is well, it's a legal necessity when it gets darker. Um, but even during the daytime, like I mean, I ride with lights on my bike a lot of the time anyway in daytime. Is that what you sort of uh, what's your take on all of that sort of thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, just just to go back to the the mud guards. Actually, no, it doesn't yet, and I probably will fit them. But like I said, I'm inherently lazy, so I just bought some waterproof trousers, and and that that kind of keeps <laughs> my bum dry. Although you know, on a warm day you get moisture elsewhere but we won't go into that but yeah lights um absolutely you know i um i i'm a cycle commuter since the late 90s and i used to ride in london i worked in london uh, my first commuting bike was a, a trek 1000 which is a drop bar road bike um and the thing that i learned very quickly is visibility both nighttime and daytime, really important, particularly when you're, I guess, when you're driving, if you're on the road and you're going past parked cars, that having something else that maybe is uh, flashing or reflecting into a car mirror, if people are being sensible and looking in a mirror before they open their door, I speak from experience of having been riding along and ending up on the floor because someone didn't, um, didn't look properly, you know, just anything that helps you be seen uh, is important. I mean, be being able to see is really important as well. Of course, you know, if you are commuting, doing long commutes like Al does or on sort of dark roads or, or as we do here, we've got a bike path. We're quite lucky between Bristol and Bath, but that's really dark. So having a good light to see with is great. But the, the important thing is, is being seen and, you know, have more than one light, you know, have one on your bike, have one on your rucksack uh, and sort of make sure you've got one that, that, that on the front, you can have one that's on constant and you can have one that's flashing. So you've got a bit more visibility. They're pretty good these days as well, you know, like um, a little LED flashing light, you know, they last, the burn time on those can be 60 to 100 hours very easily. And they, they charge like USB, so get to work or whatever, whip the, whip the light off um, and just plug it into your computer. And, you know, they charge up in a matter of hours. So they're, they're cheap and, and really there's no excuse not to, I guess. 
No, not really. And and obviously, you can use your company's electricity to charge them. So uh, <laughs> everyone wins. Are you charging your e-bike at work? Do you reckon you will be? Um, you know what? I haven't tried running the battery down yet. Um, I, I think it would be okay. But uh, I've I've got the charger at home. I, I'm treating I'm treating myself at home. You know, and, and it you know that does not cost a lot of money. No, no. Um, so on top of the lights, obviously having um, a bell probably is is no bad thing in busy busy urban environments so um we'll add a bell to the the list of things to probably stick on there along with your lights and your mud guards um after that i think things get a little bit more um a little bit more luxury perhaps is it fair to say um yeah pannier racks i know you're a big fan al yeah absolutely um i mean you know luxury or maybe a bit more specialist i guess you could say so um, you know, people will wear a backpack when they're commuting to and from work with all of their stuff in quite happily. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, you can get waterproof bags, you can get covers that are reflective to put over yours. So you don't even have to buy a new one. But you will get a sweaty bag. There is no way around it. If it's hot or you're going for a slightly longer ride or going up hills, your back is going to get sweaty. And that isn't pleasant, especially if you've forgotten to bring a change of clothes with you to the office. You're going to be a bit pongy. So it's well worth investing in some panniers and pannier bags to put all of your stuff in. It might make your bike a bit heavier, you know, because that's where you're suddenly putting all your weight rather than on your back. But your overall weight, you know, your your train weight of your bike and your body isn't going to increase. So it's not going to be a greater perceived effort. They're a bit more, a bit less aerodynamic. A, a complete tangent. I went on a, I went on a cycling holiday with with five friends a couple of years ago. Uh, we cycled through, um, well, we did like Finland, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and Poland. It was pretty cool. Um, but on the aerodynamic front, I don't know why I'm saying saying this real, but a couple of people had panniers, right? And I had like this bike packing set with like a saddlebag and a frame bag and stuff, and it was really noticeable the difference in speed that we could hold easily with a pannier bag and um, a frame bag. So my personal take on it is if you can get away with a saddle bag, like one of those like tube things that sticks out the back of your saddle, um, or like a frame bag, probably a little bit easier if you're going for a longer, faster commute, arguably. But um, those pannier bags are super useful if you've got things like laptops um, or slightly bulkier items, I guess. But if it's just your clothes and a, and a sandwich, well, there's plenty of options, basically, isn't there? I think I think the thing about the pannier bags, though, um, apart from the sweaty back, is actually it, it's if again if you've got a longer commute, and it might be because I'm getting old, I kind of find that having a rucksack with a laptop in uh, and my pants and my very extensive lunch actually hurts my back. So having the having the panniers actually makes the ride more comfortable just not from a sweaty point of view but actually from a from a sort of a, a physical point of view um because i don't have as much backache and 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 also it actually feels a bit more like going out for a leisure ride because you, you know i don't ride at the weekends with a massive rucksack the one thing i do find with panniers though particularly if you're loading them up is it completely changes the weight distribution on this distribution on your bike and if you forget you've got them and you get off you're going to drop your bike because suddenly the rear end is heavy. Or if you try and fit through a really narrow gap, uh, say in some fa- in a gate, yeah, you you can do yourself an injury. Just be aware yeah, of have that. Have you done that? Have you no, done that, Rob? No, I was asking for a friend. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, it's totally fair. I guess the other thing that is um, worth considering as well, um, if you have got maybe a little bit more cash to spend, you know, if you're a bit more maybe committed to uh, commuting by bike over the long term is um, puncture resistant tyres because nobody really likes changing tyres at uh, punctures at the best of times. Um, and riding through the urban streets, you know, there's bits of glass around, there might be like nails, you know, like just detritus on the road you do find yourself a bit more prone perhaps to getting punctures. So a puncture resistant tire often has like a little Kevlar strip or a bead around it, um, or maybe like some sort of extra protection underneath the tread. It tends to be a little bit heavier, um, maybe not quite as plush. So if you're like a real enthusiastic cyclist, you might find they don't feel as good. Um, but come 8.30 on a Monday morning in the pouring rain in the middle of a city, I think it's probably worth it rather than uh, changing a changing a tube. Yeah, absolutely. The last thing you're going to want to do, isn't it, is is the last thing you're going to want to be doing is getting your hands dirty and everything covered in all of the rubbish and grime that's currently on your bike, fixing a puncture. You know, that's just going to going to start your day on the wrong the wrong way, the wrong foot. Where do you stand on slime in your tires? The kind of the the stuff that because um, that that adds weight, doesn't it? For but yeah that adds that adds weight yeah so that's um i used to use slime actually my commuter bikes when i was uh back at school I used to have those slime tubes which weigh about three kilos each um they don't actually weigh three kilos each but you know they, they feel pretty heavy i guess it's like um you know if you're if you're familiar with tubeless where you're running uh no inner tube um in your bike tires it's quite popular on mountain bikes and increasingly popular on road bikes you, you have like a latex sealant that goes inside the tire um, which seals holes. Now, if you are running tubeless on a commuter bike, that's probably absolutely ideal if you can, you know, afford it or you've got the right sort of um, the right wheels and tires to, to be able to do that. If not, then yeah, you can get these inner tubes which have um, like a sealant like already put inside it. So um, if you get a small puncture, uh, the reaction of the sealant with the fresh air kind of bungs it up, and it kind of can save your day a little bit. If it doesn't work, you end up with a bike covered in slime. But hey. And I think the one thing I would caveat a puncture-proof, puncture-resistant tyre with is no tyre is puncture-proof. So mm. if you are, you know, this is, you're, you're new to cycling, you're new to cycle commuting, the one, that if there's one skill you learn, it is how to change a tube. Make sure that you, you know, you go online and you, um, you look up bike radar. Plenty of uh, well, plenty of instruction on bike radar or on our YouTube channel, uh, and just sort of learn the basics of of how to how to change a tube. It is a hassle when it's dark, when it's raining, when the roads are filthy, but it's much less of a hassle than say having to walk six miles with a puncture. Uh, maybe trying to find a bike shop where they'll they'll gladly take your take your money to to change the change the tube. But uh, you know, if you can do it yourself, a, a bit of self sufficiency is is massively massively advised if anything can be massively advised yeah and, and speaking of that self-sufficiency alex um i know you've got like a little tool keg on your bike with various bits and pieces so do you want to very quickly uh run through is what you carry on your commuter bike uh to make sure you don't get stranded yeah, absolutely i think these are all essential bits you need to have a pump you need to have a spare tube that's compatible with your wheels so that might mean you need a Presta or a schrader valve with a long valve. Now that's really important because sometimes deep rims, you won't be able to fit in a shorter valve. Make sure your pump works with your valve as well. A puncture repair kit in case you get a second puncture. Imagine that day, that would probably be the worst day of your life. A set of Allen keys with loads of Allen keys up to eight millimeters from the smallest because then you can fix pretty much anything on your bike with a chain breaker. 
And the most important thing, I reckon, is a set of latex gloves. Now, this isn't in case you get stopped on the cycle path. This is when you stop on the cycle path to fix your bike. It keeps your hands clean so that you can resume your ride in your gloves without getting them covered in oil and muck. That's a great shout. That's something I think you should carry it on any bike ride, actually. I never do, but um, that's a top tip that I'm going to take with me uh, on my next gravel ride, actually. I just think I like you should that. carry them all the time. You know, it's just a habit, isn't it? <laughs> any eventuality. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> you never know what might happen. All right, so um, that's the, I think we've covered off like the kind of bikes you might want to ride, i.e. anything you like, but bikes can be improved or, or whatever for commuting. Uh, we've talked about the, sort of the, the bits you might want to bolt onto your bike, so things like mudguards, lights, bells, little toolkits, and puncture-proof tyres or resistant tyres. Um, but what about clothing? You know, if you're going for a short commute, you know, it's only going to be 10 minutes or something into the office to save you getting on that bus for 20 minutes, then... I'm a big advocate of just wearing whatever you're going to wear for work, so long as you know you're not like the world's sweatiest person. Um, but you you can ride to work in normal workday clothes the majority of the time. I'm guessing. I mean, none of us here um, are women. Um, we tend not to wear you know dresses very often or skirts. So I'm um, you know maybe things are slightly different on that front. I, I don't know. Um, but you don't need to be uh, like a lycra clad racer going going to and from work really do you no the more people that ride bikes in ordinary clothes the better because then that makes cycling more normal doesn't it because i think it normalizes yeah one of the one of the problems with us is that we we love lycra we love wearing it i mean i'm wearing it now in my bedroom um i'm not honestly i'm not i'm not wearing anything oh i'll stop (laughs) now um we you know it, 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 yeah, there is the mammal, the sort of mammal middle-aged man in lycra um, kind of stereotype, uh, people racing to work. And we don't want to encourage that either. You know, riding to work should just be a normal thing. Um, and part of that normality would be, if your commute allows it, is just to wear ordinary clothes. You don't have to ride fast. You don't even have to work up a sweat. You are getting to work under your own steam. You don't put on, you know, you don't put on walking boots to walk to work. So you don't, if your commute is is short just go to work in your normal clothes obviously being aware of the weather conditions because the last thing you want if you haven't got mud guards is that nice brown stripe up the middle of your buttocks um for the whole day because it's uncomfortable Which, to, to, to clarify is mud from the back wheel not another sort of brown stripe <laughs> it can be terrifying cycling to work depending on how busy your roads are um if if you do want if you are going for a slightly longer commute though i think it is fair to say that um, you know, if it, if you're talking 20, 30 minutes minimum, you know, like proper cycling clothing is designed to be comfortable and to be very functional. And okay, you might feel a bit self-conscious walking around in, in skin tight Lycra, but it kind of is the tool for the job if you're going for those longer rides. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, you know, it, like you say, it's called cycling kit for a reason, right? Because it's been designed for cycling. Um, if you're cycling to work, don't, don't be ashamed. Get yourself some Lycra. Feel good. Empower yourself. You know, it's tight because it's comfy. You know, it's not tight for any other reason. It's comfortable. And when you get wet, lycra dries quickly. It protects you from the wind and from the elements. You know, it's it's a good thing to wear. Um, you can get shorts with chamois in them that give you a bit of extra protection on your saddle to keep your bum from getting sore. You know, that's so important. It's all about the comfort. Don't think about what it looks like. Be comfortable. Be happy. I guess the the trickiest time uh, when it comes to clothing is when the weather is is less pleasant. Um, you know, if it is raining or it's cold outside and windy, you know, having the the right kit 
makes a massive difference and, and we'll encourage you to to keep riding more there's nothing wrong with saying you know on a on a wet and, and cold Tuesday morning oh you know what I'm going to get the bus I'm going to get in the car or whatever it is that's fine like but if you have the right kit it does make um, a big difference to your sort of willingness in my experience at least of, of going out riding and riding to work so I guess those things you know with its waterproof socks and overshoes you know the great way to keep your feet warm and dry and your shoes clean that's real handy and gloves now gloves is the interesting one because people often think middle of winter you need some thick insulated winter gloves and that's definitely, in my experience at least, has got a, a, a big place, especially on those short commutes where you set off riding, uh, you've only got like out for 10, 15 minutes and you get really cold hands and it's unpleasant. But I don't know if you guys would agree, but on a longer ride, you know, if, it, if you're out for half an hour, 40 minutes and you're past the point, you, your commute gets past the point where you warm up, those big thick insulated gloves suddenly become quite sweaty and, and almost unpleasant to wear. I've always found that like, um, like a wind stopper glove is the best thing for longer cold commutes. Maybe not the wet ones, but cold commutes. It just keeps the wind off and keeps your hands staying warm in those longer commutes. Is that is that fair or is it just me being weird? I don't know. No, I think that's, that is fair. You know, you, you can overheat. Your hands can get quite hot. Um, I, I sort of, if it's not wet, I will wear a really thin sort of a pair of under gloves i guess almost like liners mm-hmm. and just wear cycling mitts and, and that can work but yeah the wind stopper anything with that, that prevents wind chill and and actually has some water repellency as a, a pair of gloves they don't have to be particularly thick um you can almost get ones that are a bit neoprene so so they sort of like mm. wetsuit material um they make your hands smell a bit weird but but they're quite useful because even if they get wet they they trap sort of the moisture and, and that sort of warms up but anything that kind of keeping your hands dry i think warm and dry is, is really important but yeah you you don't really need the sort of gloves you would wear to go skiing to to ride a bike i don't think can you just give a shout out to the 100 percent brisker glove by the way which in my eyes is the finest winter glove whether you're mountain biking or commuting or whatever it is it's got like a real thin palm so it's comfy to use on your grips and there's like a thinnish neoprene backing as you sort of mentioned is great in the cold and in the wet and they've got a big reflective logo on um honestly and they're like 25 quid they're absolutely brilliant gloves so yeah we weren't going to do sort of component shout outs but that for me top 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 um other things that you might want to think about ah so this one is controversial so waterproofs now, waterproofs can get real sweaty, I, I'll give you that, especially on a longer commute. In my opinion, I'd rather be a little bit damp but warm and not sweaty, if that makes sense. But if you've got a short commute, the waterproof onesie is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful invention. Now, I've, I've ridden a few of them because I'm quite a, a, a connoisseur of the, of the one-piece waterproof outfit. Um, but I commuted in one all last winter. And like, so this is the benefit, okay? So not on a long commute because you get sweaty, but not having that gap between your waterproof trousers and your waterproof jacket means that your jacket can't ride up, especially if you're wearing a backpack. You don't get water down your bum crack, I guess. And you don't get like a lot of flapping around the front, around the crotch area as well. Utterly brilliant. Look ridiculous, but some of the best things I've ever worn. So I'm putting it out there. I mean, can't argue with it. Never worn one and never going to wear one. I, I just go for pretty lightweight, waterproof trousers, breathable, uh, breathable, breathable trousers paired with a, with a breathable waterproof jacket. I've got a set from Endura, which um, are, are, are really good. They're light. They're kind of form fitting. So they're cut specifically for cycling and, and they do the job for me. And, and um, I, I don't get too sweaty in those. So, you know, I, I it, 
everyone each their own if you want to wear a onesie wear a onesie but probably not for me and don't forget you can wear your normal you know again if you're going for a short commute just wear your normal waterproof jacket your coat you know don't worry about having to get all this fancy cycling specific jazz like it all works right yeah as, as long as it's you know kind of still functionally waterproof definitely you know that's something that you might want to want to look out for is to re-waterproof your kit reactivate that dwr coating um, and also this goes back to the pannier rack thing if you're wearing a backpack over a waterproof jacket the pressure from the backpack straps and where it touches your back can actually reduce the effectiveness of a waterproof jacket so that's definitely something to consider it might think that you're getting a sweaty back when actually it's water seeping through your jacket because of your bag Cool. All right, so should we move on from like, you know, we've talked about the bike, we've talked about the kit, we've talked about the clothing. What about the more sort of ethereal things about cycle commuting? You know, like the fitness, the the exercise, following rules. What, you know, what should you have in the back of your mind when you are riding to and from work that kind of either makes it more enjoyable or safer? I mean, I, I find I go off into my own little dreamland and I, I make up a million and one scenarios and do loads of little thought experiments. Okay, away with the theories, you might say, but you know, it, it kind of passes the time and the monotony of the same route. It, you know, you can just go off into your own little space and it, it's great separation between home and work. And it, it really does. You know, it's it's a great place to be in, especially if it's on a cycle track or somewhere where you're not having to concentrate on roads. You know, it's it's such a lovely place to be out on your bike after a day at work. What could be better? It, it does depend on where you ride, I think. Uh I am lucky. I, I can ride on a completely traffic-free cycle path, um, and it is completely traffic-free. So for the bits where I'm doing that, I can actually listen to amazing podcasts like the Bike Radar podcast on. We're using earphones that are specifically designed so that you can hear the ambient sound. Now, I wouldn't recommend that on the road. I've got to be honest. I, I, I wouldn't do that. I only ever do that when I'm on, on the traffic-free uh, parts of the cycle track but what i do find is uh, if i want to varying your commute actually it's a bit like if you if you always get the same bus that's a bit boring if you always drive ride exactly the same way to work that's a little bit boring so on your commute seek out different ways to work find a climb that you didn't know existed so that you can maybe on the way home so that you can shower depending you know because that's an important thing we haven't really touched on Make sure your, your work's got facilities for cleaning up when you get there. If not, make sure you've got things like wet wipes, baby wipes, dry shower stuff, uh, a, a sort of a microfiber towel so that you can kind of freshen up when you get in. But yeah, varying your route is quite important, I think. Just don't do the same thing every day because, because you know, a routine can just become routine. And, and if, if you're just thinking, I've got to go down that route again, I'll see that bloke again or whatever it is. I'm not sure who that bloke is, but... Um, it might discourage you to do it. So sort of vary it up, try different, different, find different ways to work, make it longer, make it shorter. Um, and again, if the route is clear of traffic and, uh, you, you know, you can get some training benefit from, from a, from a commute. You, you know, I, we probably don't want to, we don't want to be recommending sprinting between traffic lights, particularly in busy cities and busy, busy towns. But if there are sort of aspects where you can sort of, vary your pace when you're riding in just to get a bit of a training training um vibe going then then that's worth doing as well because it keeps you keeps you keeps you interested i think that's fair like I, I used to uh commute from bristol to bath um back when we were future publishing not immediate media um 
And my route was, I could have taken the, the Bristol Bath cycle path, but it was very circular from where I lived and, and, and worked in Central Bath. So I basically never did it because it was a waste of my time. But um, I did, I rode along the one of the main roads between the two. And okay, it wasn't in theory the most pleasant sort of commute as such, but it was structured in a way that I was, say for like, I mean, this winter I've worked quite hard on fitness, but if you exclude sort of the last six months, it was the fittest I've ever been was during that commute because it was... Um, Along the 14 or 15 miles each way, I had two or three shortish steep climbs, which was sort of basically 30 to 60 second efforts, which I put an effort in every time I did them on the way home, sometimes on the way to work, though, less rarely. And a two mile dual carriageway section, which was obviously horrible to ride, but was basically a really good, solid two mile effort and ended up as strong as I've ever been on a bike. So, you know, and there are ways that you can maximize the potential of commuting. You know, if you are a keen cyclist, but find that during the week you're struggling to get out on your road bike or your mountain bike for a bit of fun, use your commute to really benefit your fitness and strength so that at the weekends when you've got a bit more time to have a fun ride, you, you can really maximize your own potential on those. At the very least, it's a good base workout, isn't it? The, the really mm. the fundamental of all cycle training and all, all sort of endurance training is building a base. So if you have a commute that is 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 longish, even just a nice steady a steady ride for 10, 15 miles is, is a, a good workout. And you've got to do it on the way home as well. So you know, you can get 20, 30 miles in a day. Free it's free training. Um so yeah, it's uh that that's kind of what I do. I'm still not very fit, but that's me. It's a great excuse to um, eat lots of food as well. Pizzas, pastas, all the good stuff that maybe you wouldn't normally eat. That was all, that's always my excuse. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who, who's riding to ride their bike? You ride to eat food, yeah? That's what I do. I, I ride my bike to eat more cake. It's the, it's the rules. <laughs> well, I think we'll wrap it up shortly. But um, as you sort of, we've got a couple more things I wanted to cover off. But as you mentioned briefly uh, a minute or two ago, Rob, um, when it comes to the facilities or the ability to kind of clean yourself up at work, what's, you know, what's the most important or what are your strategies around uh, not stinking out the whole office uh, when you get to when you get there? Well, I, I guess the first one would be to not ride too hard. You know, I mean, it, it, if, particularly if it's a, a short commute, you know, just um, just take a nice gentle ride to work if you can um, and there uh, and then you won't get too sweaty if of course you do which which most of us do particularly in the summer if you haven't got shower facilities i mean what you don't want to be doing is um washing your taking all your clothes off and washing in the uh, in the the office sink uh, particularly in the kitchen but you know there are dry shower gels available which are actually pretty good um you know, I've now got older children, but when when my kids were young, I basically used to steal the baby wipes and take a, a, a bunch of those to work because you know they're they're pretty good. Um, and yeah, that that's kind of it. And and obviously, always I always change out of your this if you if you have ridden a long way, you know, always change out of your lycra. No one wants to see their colleagues sitting around in in lycra, and actually, it's not particularly good for you to sit around in clothes that you have ridden away in because it's sort of a bacteria and the like so you kind of want somewhere where you can dry those again obviously you do have to be very mindful of your colleagues no one wants to walk in on a pair of bib shorts hanging up in a in a cupboard uh, that's happened to all of us at some time and naked people getting changed that's happened to all of us as well in our offices <laughs> wicked okay and then um so 
Rob's just covered how to look after yourself, Al. What about um, looking after your bike? Do you want to quickly run through, you know, why you might want to keep your bike in, in tip-top condition and, and a few quick things that you might want to get yeah, done? Yeah, definitely. Um, looking after your bike is really important because, you know, you're going to have to cycle home on it and then you're going to have to get back to work the next day. So making sure it's working is really important. Simple things just like oiling your chain, doing a rudimentary bolt check are going to keep it running for a lot longer. Make sure you clean it down after it's been a bit wet and muddy. You know, that's a really good way just to prolong everything's life, like your chain. Give your chain a wipe, get rid of the muck. Make sure you keep your eye on consumable consumables as well, such as brake pads. You know, if they're starting to make a bit of a grindy, graunchy noise, you could have stones stuck in them, which could damage your rims, or they could have worn right down. You know, you just want to keep on top of these little things. They're actually quite easy to do, even for the beginner mechanic. And we've got loads of advice on BikeRadar.com for people looking to tune up their bikes. Um, and if you do these little things, it will greatly increase the lifespan of your bike, which means overall you'll probably have to spend less cash. Wicked. Okay, well, I think we'll wrap it up. There's a couple of things I sort of thought is worth worth mentioning. First off, helmets is always um, a slightly touched subject. We would all recommend wearing a helmet. It, it really can make a big difference in a crash. Um, they're very comfortable these days. They're not too sweaty these days either. Um, it's not the a legal requirement to do so, but it is certainly recommended. Um, the other thing on that front is, you know, don't forget you are traffic. So follow those traffic rules. People, you know, you see a lot of stuff in the press about jumping red lights and all that sort of stuff. You are on the roads. Please just obey simple road traffic laws like you would in your car. So don't jump onto pavements if you, if it's not designed for cycling on. Don't jump through red lights and just kind of be a bit more sensible, you know. Let's not make everyone hate cyclists even more than some people or some sectors of the population seem to. So there we have it. I think commuting is a great way of getting to and from work. Um, hopefully with this £2 billion from the UK government following uh, the coronavirus uh, outbreak will make things a much more pleasant way of getting to and from work. So... um yeah, I think we've we've summed it all up pretty well. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think we have. Yeah, well done, Tom. Well done, Brilliant. Rob. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for that, Rob. And thank you, Alex. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks very much. And uh, yeah, don't forget to subscribe to the Bike Radar podcast. We've got podcasts coming out every Monday and every Friday. If you subscribe, you won't miss a single one. And share them with your friends as well because they might like it as well. But yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.